You're listening to a 1FM podcast. I've got him on the line again. Hi, it's time for Steve, whatever happened to. How's it going, Steve? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Lovely sunny day here at downtown North. Nice to see it out, getting a bit of fresh air and sunshine. It's a much different scenario that we've had over the last couple of months. Very good. So I hope you're feeling better too. That was the most important thing because now you haven't been too good. So I hope you've picked up a bit. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I've just, well, I've just had a bit of a... I'm okay. I'm still alive. That's, just a bug. Right. Well, that, I think well it, that's good because without you, one of us not being here, it's very hard to do the show, John. I know, I know. But, <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, we've got COVID going around the station at the moment. So yeah, okay. It's not yeah. a good... We're down to bare bones here at the moment, but hopefully it'll improve. Well, just make sure you use all the wipes and all the... the, the air con moving away from you and all that sort of stuff, mate, because you've got to stay well. Yeah, well, I'll try, but how are you going? Yeah, going okay. Yep, yep, yep. all right. So far, I've avoided the second light. I've had four shots, so hopefully I'll be all right for a while. Yep. Anyway, the fellow, the person we're talking about today is, is still alive and kicking, so that's good to know. I'm, I'm doing one, someone who's alive today, Josh. Oh, uh, that's good. Who is he? And his name is Lobo. Okay, I've heard of him. I know. Is he related to Sheriff Lobo? No, I don't think so. That's a, that's a Simpsons no, joke you won't understand. No, but I, well, I might say I'm doing this for someone, a friend of mine, I might have mentioned before, a friend of mine from Maruchador up in Queensland, Lucy. I haven't seen her for a fair while, but we got back in contact and when she's one of our interstate listeners. And she asked me a couple of months ago if I wouldn't mind doing Lobo. So for her and Gary, they haven't either been in good health, so hopefully this picks them up a bit. Here it is. Well, go ahead. Yeah. I look forward to hearing about him. Well, his name was his real name was Roland Kent. Now, I'm not sure how to pronounce this. Lavoie. L-A-V-O-I-E. You can spell, pronounce it any way you like. Lavoie, Lavoie, I'm not sure. He was born on the 31st of July, 1943, in Tallahassee in Florida. And he was raised along with his six siblings by his mother, so she was doing this all by herself, in Winter Haven in Florida. He never met his father, but discovered later that Dad had been a big band guitar player. So they dare say that's where some of the musical talent came. He initially wanted to be a vet, but eventually music became his chosen career. By 1961, he'd begun his music career as a member of a local band called The Rumours, which included band members Graham Parsons, not someone I'm familiar with, but I did do a little bit of a check and I found that he was a short-term member of the pop group The Birds. Yeah, Graham uh, Parsons is a great musician. He does a great cover of Wild Horses. Um, look him up. Uh, right, OK. Well, he passed away at 26, so that's probably why... I may not have had too much of a memory of him. And also a fellow included in that group was a fellow called Jim Stafford, whose main claim to fame I did find he was briefly married to Bobby Gentry at one stage. Oh. In 1964, while he was attending the University of South Florida, he joined a group called the Sugar Beats, and he met a producer whose name was Phil Gernhard, G-R-N-H-A-R-D. It's interesting that I was listening to you the last part of your show just before 8 o'clock on Monday night. He was actually the partial writer of the song that you played that night, which was Snoopy and the Red Baron. Oh, yes. And was also a producer of songs for Dion and the Bellamy Brothers, amongst others. There were a few others there that I just mentioned those two. Lobo recorded original hit for the band, 
and it's called What Am I Doing Here? Now, this was a Johnny Rivers cover, and this was a song made famous in Australia by uh, Bev Harrell, which you might like to look up, Josh. Uh, I think a lot of our listeners would know who that particular song. But during the 60s, he performed with many other bands, including Me and the Other Guys, which was the name of the group, where he met a musician by the name of Billy... Again, the pronunciation of... Where either way, Ertz, A-E-R-T-S. How you pronounce that, I've got no idea. Or Arts or Ertz. And he became a member of Lobo's touring band in the early 70s. Now, his first solo record was released in 1969 on the Laurie record label. And this was called Happy Days in New York City, which did nothing chart-wise. By 1971, he decided he'd now call himself Lobo after consulting the dictionary for something different to call himself. It's actually Spanish for wolf. There's a bit of trivia there for you. And he recorded and released on Gernhardt's big tree record label, Me and You and a Dog Named Boo. Reached number five in the US, four in the UK and eight in Australia. Sold over a million copies and got the gold disc award. Now, the background of the song was actually quite interesting. He was trying to think of something. I might, I might indicate here that Lobo wrote most of his own songs, and the songs that I'm requesting to you at the end have all been written by him. Getting back to the origin of this song, he was trying to think of something that rhymed with me and you. This was after talking with an American publisher who said that the songs at the time that were quite popular were adopting a me and you against the world theme. Now, the publisher saw his German shepherd dog, whose name was Boo, behind the glass doors while they were doing a consultation, and he said, well, why not Boo? And that's how <laughs> the song was born. So you never know uh, the origins of some of these things, and that was quite an interesting story. Now, he did a second single, which was called She Didn't Do Magic, but this was unsuccessful chart-wise, and that followed the release of his first album, which was called Introducing Lobo. This was also unsuccessful chart-wise, as were all his albums, except for his second album, which was called Of A Simple Man, which included I'd Love You To Want Me which was released as a single in 1972 and also attained gold disc status. And this was his biggest selling song. It reached two in the US, five in the UK. It was the number one song in Australia and New Zealand. And then also following on from that, Don't Expect Me To Be Your Friend. Now, this was, again, another successful song. It was eight in the US, four in Australia and also in New Zealand. Just getting back to I'd Love You To Want Me, it contains the phrase... The Blood Goes to My Feet in the song. The song was originally given to the Hollies, but they didn't like that particular phrase, so they knocked back the song based on just that one reason. That's an interesting <laughs> interesting story as to how, goodness knows what sort of a hit that might have been for them. It turned out to be a huge uh, one for Lobo, which probably helped make his career. In 1973, three more songs were released from his album called Calumet, and that charted in the U.S., now, the songs from that, it sure took a long, long time. It was 27 in the US and 14 in Australia. How Can I Tell Her was 22 in the US and 27. And also, Standing at the End of the Line was 37 in the US. So none of those songs actually were charted anywhere else. Also in that year, he made an appearance on an American bandstand. Another single called Rings, that was released from his fourth album, which was called Just a Singer. Now, that was 43 in the US, and Don't Tell Me Goodnight, 27 in the US, was his last top 30 single for the label. And most of these songs, as we've noticed, have mainly been successful in the US, not anywhere else. 
might add in passing that most of these songs were top 10 or 20 on the uh, adult contemporary charts in the US, which would be probably more like an easy listening station here rather than the mainstream pop chart. He broke away from this particular label, Big Tree, and released an album in Europe with two singles from it which weren't released in the US. In 1979, he signed with Curb, C-U-R-B slash M-C-A records, and Where Were You When I Was Falling In Love from that label was his last song to reach the mainstream charts, and that peaked at number 23 in the US, although it was number one on the aforementioned adult contemporary charts. Moved to Nashville in 1981, started his own label, as you would expect, it's called Lobo Records, <laughs> and he released four singles, which all charted on country charts, and two more singles on the renamed Evergreen Records, did the same in 1985, but none of them were on the mainstream charts. He did the Greatest Hit compilations in 1987-88, and that gained him great popularity in Asia. And he released his first album in 10 years, recorded in Taiwan and produced by that particular gentleman called Billy uh, Ertz, I'll pronounce it as. He then followed a classic hits album in 1995 with a 1996 album which contained all his original songs. And on another Asian label in 1997, he released an album of pop standards in the two formats, both vocal and instrumental. Toured Southeast Asia quite a few times, but two were there in 2006, releasing an Out of Time album, which was a mixture of old and new songs. And playing in Ho Chi Minh City, formerly Saigon, he actually had performed to the largest pop audience of all, and uh, which I haven't, I've got no figures to back that up, but that's, that's what the particular statement said. Of all, of now, all, uh, of all what? <laughs> uh, uh, for, uh, ever. Uh, but I don't. I, but I don't know. I don't know, Josh. I can't verify that. Didn't give me any figures. Or <laughs> it was the biggest I mean, crowd ever in history. Yeah, okay. supposedly. But well, that's how I interpreted what was said. It might have been just in that particular city, but I wouldn't have thought that that was right either. So we'll just take it as a given anyway. Yeah. He said in an interview later on that audiences in Asia and Australia were right into the music, and they were singing along with him. As distinct from the US, where he felt that the artists would prefer you to just listen. Now, he was treated like royalty over there, and he pointed out that performers usually fall into two... This is his interpretation, but fall into two categories. They do it to make a living, or it is important to them. And But he said he didn't fall into either of those two categories, so you can interpret that in any way you like. Now retired, 79 I worked out, so he now lives with his wife Susie in Florida. Basically he had a very, very pleasant, easy listening voice and all the songs that, he, that I've requested, I've mentioned before, were all composed by him. And Josh, the first one I'd like to hear would be I'd Love You To Want Me. And here it is now, I'd Love You To Want Me by Lobo. And yeah, I know that song, I've heard that one before. I think that's been covered quite a lot, that one. Yeah, it may well have been. I'm not sure I didn't follow that up. But the other ones that I would like, and I think most people would know a couple of the Me and You and A Dog Named Boo, which was his first one. Don't Expect Me To Be Your Friend, and it sure took a long, long time. I think we can do that, and it, uh, it won't take a long time either. No. <laughs> uh, a very pleasant, as I said, a very pleasant, 
easy to listen to voice. I'm surprised he wasn't a bit more successful in Australia, but based on the figures that I gave you, most of his big songs, well, a couple of those songs did well in Australia, but not all of them, and he did release quite a few albums which weren't overly successful either, but I, I played quite a few of those songs this morning again just to try and remember them all, which I did, and I found them very easy to listen to. So I thought he was certainly deserving of being in our little segment, Josh, so it's good. Yeah, very nice artist, but uh, thanks again, Steve, and I look forward to talking to you next week. That's good. All the best, mate. And to my friend Lucy and Gary, I hope you enjoyed that and enjoyed the songs that we played at the end of it. Thanks for 10, Josh, and good everybody, and including you, Josh, stay in good health. You too, and get better with your feet as well. Take care. Okay, no worries. Thanks, put, mate. All put, the best. put your feet up and watch the cricket. I'll probably do that shortly. Yeah, so will I. Take care. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Have a good one. See ya. Bye. You've been listening to a 1FM podcast.